With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with the 7 every weekday. So, follow the 7 right now. This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. What's going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday. Welcome into the Lombardi line presented by DraftKings alongside Michael Lombardi. Stormy Bonantoni with you. we got a great couple of hours on tap. Joining us guest-wise in hour two, we'll have the one and only Harry Gagnon giving out his cartoon pick for Thursday night football. So much news and notes to get into, though, Michael. So let's just jump right in, especially since we saw... Another announcement in New York. Zach Wilson will go ahead and be the starter once again this week against the Houston Texans. I mean, for a team that is going nowhere, that has been dysfunctional since really the spring, we spend way too much time covering the New York football (laughs) Jets. I mean, we really do. We spend way too much time covering the Jets. And I don't know if the report was wrong. I really don't think it was. I'm sure the kid was probably didn't want to come back and play. But I think he also was probably told that, hey, look, for your career, you know, right now somebody's put this label on you that you don't want to play. You need to get it removed. For uh, anybody that missed kind of the saga of how all of that played out, uh, reporters from The Athletic, Zach Rosenblatt and Diana Rossini, had reports from sources inside the building with New York that Zach, um, that the team was wanting Zach to come back over and take over the reins. He was reluctant, was cautious about the potential for additional injury. Robert Sala was asked in his press conference earlier this week about it. He said that Zach came into his office on Monday saying that he wanted the ball in his hands, but that Sala wasn't sure yet. Um, yeah. The way things play out, that. yeah. Now, now Sala though today he said Zach gives them the best chance. He's to- sure. What did he? I want to know how he sleep. What did he sleep on that he got sure of? What tape did he put on? I'll put it on. I'll go watch it to get him more confident. I mean, this is so. This is really a bad cover up. I mean, it's really a bad cover up. There's leaks in the organization. There's people talking from all over. You know, whether it's text from uh, Sala to WFAN to stories getting out. Like you can say these, nothing's true and this is all made up and you know, but it's all out there. Well, and, it, and to me, what it shows stormy is an absence of leadership that I see on the field every week. You know, it's not like we're talking about a guy who's won three Super Bowls as the head coach of the, of the team, nor a general manager that's had a winning record. I think that, with the way that this organization is right now, it's not 
run by Robert Sala. It's not run by Joe Douglas. It's run by Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers isn't out there on the field right now, but he <laughs> had a lot to say about those leaks when he was on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. Take a listen. What is your impetus? What is your motivation to try and bury someone like that? Um, and that's a problem with the organization. You know, we need to get to the bottom of whatever this is coming from and put a stop to it privately uh, because there's no place in, in a winning culture where, and there's been, this is not the only time, there's been a bunch of other leaks. You know, he, he's making that presence known about the organization. We're not hearing those types of comments from Robert Sala. So I, I find that to be very interesting, Michael. And yes, there's the on the field stuff where he's basically playing GM and he had his wish list of players that he wanted to come in. He wanted to play for Nathaniel Hackett, XYZ, check the box off the list. But in terms of like the only leadership I really see is the guy who's not even a part of the organization right now. No, no, not at all. I mean, and you got wishy-washy. Well, I haven't seen enough out of uh, Zach to put him back in there, and then a day later I'm going to put him back in there. I mean, again, we spend way too much time talking about a dysfunctional team like this led by a dysfunctional head coach who's really – I mean, let's be honest here. You know, I mean, what has – he's in his third season. He's in his third season as being a head coach. What has he shown over those 15 wins that he's accumulated – I keep saying this, his 32-win percentage is lower than Todd Bowles, and they ran Todd Bowles out of town. I mean, Adam Gase was at 31% win percentage for the Jets. Like, tell me why this is going to get better, because he's going to put Aaron Rodgers back in there next year at 41 years old, coming off an Achilles? I think you're being naive if you think it's one reason why the Jets have failed and, and have been so dysfunctional. And, you know, you can see it. It's just as obvious as the nose on your face. Their, their dysfunction lies within their organizational structure. Maybe that's Woody Johnson. Maybe he likes it like this. I don't know. But they're never going to beat anybody like this. I can promise you that. And, you know, Douglas has been there a long time. And all I hear about is his great drafts, and yet they can't beat anybody. Meanwhile, Cleveland lost their quarterback for extended periods, and they've got seven wins. Why are the Jets different than Cleveland? No one wants to answer that question. Everybody says the Jets' defense is elite. Everybody says that. But why are the, why are the Browns got seven wins, the Jets have four, and the Browns have been going through a bunch of quarterbacks. They're on the third quarterback. They brought Joe Flacco in off the street. And yet they got seven wins. But, they're, but the Jets have an elite defense? But, I mean, I'm confused. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of layers to this. And Cleveland – obviously has had their fair of dysfunction in recent history, yet they have found a way to get it together here. They're on QB four with this situation in New York. Same, same thing. We had Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon play in the game last week, and it wasn't any better than what we had seen with Zach Wilson. Boyle gets released. No, you'll notice, Michael, the spread has not changed at all with this no. Texans game. Still no, sitting right there at five and a half. Well, and here's the thing, too, which now you're putting him in, Wilson. I mean, the weather is going to be, from all indications, and again, I'm not a weatherman, but they say that if you look at the weather reports for the East Coast, including the Midwest, including the the game and in, in the, the two Ohio games, the weather is going to be gust of over 20 miles an hour. Rain, even though it won't be cold, there'll be rain through the day and heavy gusting winds which lends itself to turnovers, kind of a little bit like the Atlanta game last week, and they turned it over three times. I mean, Atlanta did really. When you go through the tape and watch it, Atlanta did very little offensively, very little.
When it comes to the dysfunction in this organization, Michael, like, is there is there anything that is fixable this season or next year? Because we all assume that that this coaching staff and and GM is going to get a mulligan because of the Aaron Rodgers of it all. Is this just what they're setting themselves up for for another year? Yeah, no, I think to me is well, only Woody Johnson can answer that question, right? I mean, Woody Johnson's got to say, do I want this to come back? I mean, every team goes through their periods of having disastrous things happen to them. I mean, we saw the Colts at one in 15 after Peyton Manning got hurt and, you know, Bill Polian lost his job and they changed Jim Caldwell, lost his job. All those things happen. we see the what's going on in new England. Everybody's calling for Belichick to lose his job. So, but yet in this situation, because you have the caveat of Aaron Rodgers, that, you know, no one's talking about Salah. No one's talking about Nathaniel Hackett, who's this offense is historically, not just bad, historically bad. And it's, is it just because of one player? I mean, think about what Zach Taylor, and I've been on Zach Taylor's butt for a while, but what he was able to get done with Jake Browning down in Jacksonville. Jacksonville was a good defensive team, hard to run the football on. You had to throw it to win, and they did. And yet now all of a sudden, it's just because they lost Rodgers, the team's going to be fine and we should be interested in playing them. I think that all we need to know is the line hasn't moved. I think they could put anybody at quarterback and this line's going to stay five and a half. So, a, weather's going to be a factor. And B, you know, the Texans as a favorite isn't something that, you know, people are sitting there saying, well, that's going to be a good situation. Michael, so as we say that, the line actually did tick down to four and a half, but I could very easily see this going the other way. Maybe just an immediate influx of, okay, we think Zach Wilson's going to be better than Tim Boyle, but I can see the Texans continuing to get bet back on the other side. Um, Another quarterback situation I want to update here real quickly, Michael. We all eyes, obviously, yesterday coming out of the Monday night football game was the status of Trevor Lawrence. We didn't have an update when we were on the air yet yesterday, but Doug Peterson spoke to reporters, confirmed it is a high ankle sprain for Trevor Lawrence, but he said it's day-to-day, not the presumed week-to-week for this injury. So then that kind of raises the question with Trevor Lawrence, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, Michael. We remember earlier this season when he was dealing with that knee sprain, that knee injury, and all week we were saying, ah, probably not going to go. I I guess he's going to work it out in pregame, but probably not going to go. And then he ultimately ends up starting. He has never missed a start in his National Football League career. Now with this ankle, it is a short week, but he takes a lot of pride in starting these football games. Do you think that he might try to go or should we as betters be handicapping this game as a CG, CJ Beathard game? Well, I think we should be a handicap as a CJ. I find it hard to believe that as bad as that look, that he can come back, pivot and throw the football, especially when we're talking about severe weather, right? We're talking about 40 mile an hour gust. We're talking about rain. We're talking about a game. I think they played back in 2020 against the saints when the weather was just it looked like a, a hurricane was going through Cleveland Stadium there. So I would find it hard to believe that he's going to have to come back and do that. It's a challenge. Look, when you break this game down, we know this. The Browns are, are, are really a two-faced team. They play really well at home defensively. They play horrendously on the road. I mean, it's just a fact. I mean, it, you, just, it, you can't explain it. it. It caught me off guard last week. I thought they would play much better at home. Uh, on the road in in Los Angeles because, you know, it really I didn't think it was that much of a home field. But in this case, it really is. And when you look at it, I mean, you know, the, the, they let you run the ball on the road, but at home, I mean, for the six teams, you know, they can't even get – I mean, they've had games where they haven't gotten 100 yards teams playing against them at home. I mean, the most passing yards at home this year was 165, Cleveland's defense. 
They've had four passing games under 78 yards. So for I could see why everybody wants Lawrence to play because if Beathard comes in, how are they going to throw the football effectively on a team that's very good? Yeah, and without your best pass catcher as well, Christian Kirk, going to have core muscle surgery, so he's going to miss a few weeks. Left tackle, Walker Little got injured in the game, and he's already the backup with Cam Robinson on injured reserve, so a lot to keep an eye on with Jacksonville. And I like something you said yesterday. Because of the performance that Cleveland had, especially in the fourth quarter against the Rams last week, like they're a prideful group. This is going to be important for them to get back on track at home this week. Um, the, the spread sitting three and a half right now. That total down from 38 because of the weather and the injuries now 30 and a half. And there are a lot of games that are going to be impacted by weather this weekend that we'll make sure we touch on throughout the show. A lot more quarterback news still to get to here on the Lombardi line and more. Stay with us. This is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. VEASAN's got an early Christmas present for you. If you're not a VEASAN Pro subscriber yet, do not worry. We're giving away this year's College Bowl betting guide to everybody. We've got spreads, totals, and expert picks from the Golics, Steve Mackinnon, and Brent Musburger for every single bowl game. Put a bow on this bowl season. Get your free copy of our VEASAN College Football Bowl Betting Guide absolutely free at VEASAN.com slash bowl guide so easy to do make sure you get in there uh, we got a huge game coming up in the nfc east this weekend sunday night football cowboys eagles part two you got the uh the cowboys looking for a little redemption after coming up just five yards short in their first meeting a 28 23 loss in philly and then michael we had some news coming through in the last hour about this game not about a player injury or anything like that but head coach mike mccarthy has to have emergency appendix surgery today so he's going to miss practice but big football guy all reports say he's still expected to coach on sunday 
Yeah, I guess they can get that done rather quickly wow. without much. Uh, it's like t pulling a tooth, I guess, really. I don't know how the heck they do that, but good for him. Hopefully Mike uh, is fine after this and, you know, he's recovered. But obviously he's got good coaches in Dan Quinn. Brian Schottenheimer's been with him a long time to help run the offense. And if this happened Wednesday morning, the game plan was pretty much already done by Tuesday evening. So they're going to get that. And then Mike's been calling the plays, and you got to give Mike a ton of credit. He's called some really good games lately. So – I think, you know, understanding how the Eagles operate their defense, understanding how they want to attack the Eagles, and I think there's going to be a sense of confidence from the Cowboys' offense that, no, like, look, we show people how to beat this Eagle, how to handle this Eagle team. If we get in space, we force them to tackle. They're not a very good underneath tackling team. Their linebacker presence isn't very good. We can make a lot of yards on them if we close it out in the red area, which we didn't do in the first game. And we know how good Dallas has been at home this season as well. They're riding a 14-game home win streak dating back to last season. And Dallas alone has scored more than 40 points in each of their last four home games. Mike McCarthy, to your point, in his play-calling ability this season set Dak Prescott up in a position where he's among the favorites to be an MVP this year. Another guy who is among the favorites is the quarterback on the opposite side of this game in Jalen Hurts. And we talked yesterday <laughs> and a lot this week about, you know, Jalen Hurts maybe not being fully right dealing with the knee injury that's been lingering throughout the course of the season I don't know if you heard the comments from David mm. Carr on NFL Network about whether or not the team should play mm. Jalen Hurts but let's play the clip real quick and get your reaction Michael clearly Jalen isn't comfortable reading through a defense in a drop back pass scenario some would say he's not even good at it and I think that when you look at this team you have to have a serious conversation if you're Philly and you have to really say is it better for us to play Marcus Mariota right now and let Jalen get really? fully healthy? Ooh. Because I would argue that it does not matter if you're the number one seed. Because if the 49ers come into Philly again, <laughs> they do not care. So obviously he's getting a lot of flack on, on X and on social media of all kinds for those comments, yeah. Michael. But what was your reaction to hearing that? Like, I think that we all agree Jalen Hurts isn't going to sit down unless he is so severely injured he can't play. Well, but the I didn't understand how how one meets the other. The fact that he's not reading coverages has nothing to do with his with his knee. I mean, I, I will break some news to you. The, one of the things you give complete credit to the Philadelphia offense and Nick Sirianni is is the fact that they've built this scheme around Jalen Hurts never going to be in a, a rhythm thrower. He's never going to be a rhythm. That's what he he wasn't mm -hmm. in Alabama. It's why he got benched in the in the uh, in the championship game. What he is is a very talented athlete who, if running in a six pack offense with high low reads, can make great throws and he's accurate with the ball down the field. I mean, that's his strength. His strength is that game, and it has nothing to do with his knee. It has nothing to do with his knee. It has everything to do with playing from in front, which they did last year. And they're not this year, right? When you when you can't run the ball to the level that you want to run the ball, like Philadelphia did last season, right? I mean, Philly was a very good run team last year. I mean, that's one of the areas where they were they had third in the league in, in attempts last year rushing. They were they had the most touchdowns rushing and they had the fifth most yards. I mean, this year they're just not the same team in that category. They can't quite run as effectively as they did. And that, and the other thing they can't do is get the lead on people because their defense is playing so poorly. And so when you can't get the lead, all of a sudden you've got to get into more of a drop. And when you're playing from behind, what do you have to do? What do I say all the time about Kyle Shanahan? When he gets behind, it's a drop-back pass game. 
and that's when they fall apart. It's the same thing in Philadelphia. They need run action to run their passing game. There's nothing wrong with it. That's just what it is. And they've done a good job, like to their credit, the majority of games where they've had their backs against the wall, finding ways to win. Obviously against San Francisco, that was not the case. And that's not something that you can rely on long term. Like they were very fortunate. I'm sure that if there's a luck rating in the NFL, it's pretty high for what they've been able to do in the fourth quarters of some of these games. But is there anything to just the general philosophy of your quarterback not being right and giving him time to heal up before the most important games of the season? Well, I mean, look, this is what's called the NFL. You're going to have to play the game when you're hurt. That's what most teams do. I mean, yep. I think that's the fear of San Francisco is, you know, we're, when we are operating at a high level with all our guys, we're really hard to beat. But if they start to get nicked and bruised, then all of a sudden it becomes a problem. If the Eagles were so concerned about this, why did they have them in at the end of the game when yeah. the game was over last week? I don't think the Eagles are concerned. I think David's concerned about it. I don't think the Eagles are. I think the Eagles' problems have nothing to do with Jalen Hurts. It has everything to do with their inability to tackle in the secondary, their inability to play man-to-man. I mean, if you watch the tape of the game, I mean, they, they were not even – unless the front won the game early, there was no way they were covering those guys. And Kyle Shanahan called the game not to protect his quarterback. He called the game to attack the defense – Difference, right? There's Mm -hmm. a difference. And he knew they could get open. He knew that secondary couldn't run the ball and throw a cover anyone. And he kept and he repeated plays in the game because he knew that they didn't adjust to it. So the issues in Philadelphia are not really related to Hertz's knee and his injuries. They're really related to their inability to cover and play defense in the secondary. Yeah, they've got they've got a lot of things to figure out. They are fortunate though that they do have that ten and two record to lean on. That regardless, they're going to have good playoff positions down the stretch. You look at the games they have ahead. Yes, this week is going to be a challenge against the Cowboys, but Seattle is not the same. Two games against the Giants and the Cardinals down the stretch. Like a lot of reason to believe that they're going to have success with that schedule, but need to bounce back after a physical tough loss to the 49ers where they feel like they probably got embarrassed. Now they have to take on a Dallas Cowboys team that um, is obviously going to be a tough out for Jalen and being a little bit hampered. Now great pass rush. That's going to be coming his way on defense. When you see that three and a half point spread, Michael, did you have an immediate mm. lean one way or another? It seems like it's like you want to take Philly. Like you want to take Philly because you think they're going to rebound. And then you say to yourself, well, how are they going to rebound? I mean, how are they going to rebound? They're going to have to win with their front, which Dallas usually can block. Dallas offensive line is healthier. How are they going to cover? How are they going to cover? Now, I do think the advantage shifts a little bit. Philly can move the ball on Dallas. I don't think Dallas's defense, as we witnessed the other night, against Seattle when they moved it up and down the field. I don't think Dallas's defense is on par with San Francisco. I think that's the one hole in their defense is you can attack their secondary. You can make – if you can block Parsons and you can block Lawrence, you got a chance here. But that being said, when Dallas plays from in front like Philly did last year, they're a tough out. And then it, it highlights their pass rush. So I do think – I mean, I'm tempted to say take the three and a half in Philly – but when I watch that secondary, I'm really reluctant on a Wednesday to say that's going to be something that would be play out pretty well. I think they want you to take that three and a half. It's almost like a trap. This game could be a Dallas kind of pulls away from them because I just don't think Philly has enough gas left either. I'm going to have to make a road trip after all these physical games. 
Uh, last minute or so here, there were some questions about Von Miller's availability this week um, after the domestic assault charges against him last week with his longtime girlfriend. She's since recanted those statements, so it's looking like he's going to play this week. Brandon Bean made some comments that they're not investigators. We weren't present. They have to let all that stuff play out and follow the lead of the NFL. looks like he's going to play this week. But from a front office and yeah. like team standpoint, how tough is that when you have stuff like that going on in the background and you have to get ready for a game? It's really hard, you know, and especially, you know, considering that, that Vaughn hasn't been very good at all this year and wasn't even on the stat sheet against Philadelphia. So you know that, you know, you're, you're worried about him as a player, as a person. You're not getting what you hope for out of him. And, you know, in the league, it's, this is where the league has to kind of take over and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. Because the team, you know, the team looks to the league. If the team tries to suspend him, which most people say they should because he's been accused, then the NFLPA steps in and says, well, that's not fair. That's not something we, you should do. You can't take away a game check from a player when, you know, and now it becomes a little bit of a legal battle. So I, I think they want the league to handle it and, and take it from there. But the issue on the field, uh, as bad as the issue off the field, is the issue on the field is, is alarming for them because they need him to be a pass rusher. They absolutely do. Uh, right now, Bill's getting to at Kansas City, an important game in the AFC, total 48 and a half. We're going to take a quick timeout. We'll be back with more on the Lombardi line in a moment. Pro subscriber today, you'll get a daily email recapping all of the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to the vcin.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. You can also check on the top vcin experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI. See which vcin expert has the hot hand. For vcin pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24 7 video access, become a vcin pro subscriber today. You can do so for just $9.99. Sign up at vcin.com slash subscribe. This is the Lombardi line with Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Tony. This show as always presented by DraftKings and Michael, the thing I love about DraftKings is whenever you're scrolling through the sports book, there's always some new market popping up that you didn't notice before. The options are endless. And one that we came across this week is in addition to, you know, which team is going to have the most wins this season, updated season win totals. They have a little matchups tab that compares two teams and lets you decide whether or not you think this team or this team is going to finish the season with more wins. So wanted to look at a couple of these head-to-heads, starting with the Steelers and Browns, because two teams right now, both at 7-5, and five, in the thick of it, fighting for one of those final playoff spots in that side of the conference. Steelers minus 115, Browns minus 115, same price. Who do you think, based on their remaining schedule, based on where they are at at quarterback, do you think ends up with the most regular season wins? You know, it's funny. Ed Reed came out and said that, you know, the way he saw Joe Flacco, Flacco could be comeback player of the year the way he played the other day if he continues that way, which, you know, for all the the fun that people were making about Flacco starting, he actually played pretty well. He wasn't the reason they lost. Uh, So I think they've upgraded themselves at quarterback. Is Flacco better than... Mitchell Trubisky, I think that's the question we're asking here. And I'm not sure the answer is that, that Trubisky's better. We'll see on tomorrow night how Trubisky handles the starting role. Uh, but we know Pickett's going to be out maybe two, three, four weeks. I mean, mm-hmm. the Steelers 
have just, I mean, when you start losing the games like they have at home, you know, to teams that they shouldn't lose to, like Arizona, you got to worry about them a little bit here. So my instincts say Pitts, I would go with Pittsburgh because of the Tomlin factor and because Cleveland going on the road doesn't play as well defensively. So I lean towards Pittsburgh here. But if Flacco can put together a couple games like he did at the Rams, they can be pretty good. Because you brought up comeback player of the year, I did look at the market real quickly. 250 to one for him to climb that ladder. Yeah. So interest if you want to throw five dollars on that, it might be a St. Jude's play, but it might might just be something that could have a good result I mean, but, for but you look, at the end if, of the day. If, if they if <laughs> if they win some of these games, they don't have a tough schedule down the stretch. If they get their act together on the road, look, the reason that the Browns are going to win ten games if they win ten and make the playoffs is not going to be because of Joe Flacco. It's going to be because of Joe Flacco not making mistakes. Mm. That's what it's going to come down to. It's going to be because of their defense, which is what I was relying on last week, and it didn't happen. So perhaps that'll be the case. But for me, you know, I think if he can do that, I think there's no question that, uh, you know, they can make a run. The problem is when they go to Houston, that'll be a hard game for their defense. They go to Cincinnati. That shouldn't be because they can dominate Cincinnati with their front, but it's always been a hard game. Three home games left. They know they play better defense at home. They play against the Jets. They should – I mean, you know they're going to dominate the Jets in that game, right? They've got this Jacksonville team with a backup quarterback. They should be able to, depending on the weather. Yeah, got lucky from that standpoint. It looks like it's going to be C.J. Beathard, but TBD, Doug Peterson hasn't made an announcement just yet. And Cincinnati, if Jake Browning plays the way that he did this past weekend, that's going to be a Mm. tough out, too, for their defense. Um, As far as comeback player of the year goes, we're kind of saying this in jest. Damar Hamlin, obviously an odds-on minus 230 favorite. Aaron Rodgers, I feel like, was the only other possible chance if he were to come back and play, but obviously we firmly believe that's not going to happen. Um, but just no. putting that out there, Joe Flacco, 250 to one. How about the Texans and Colts? We have a plus money option here. The Texans minus 185, the Colts plus 145. Who do you think ends up with the most wins? Two, seven and five teams. Similarly looking for those playoff spots. I'm going to go with the Texans because I think the Texans play better team defense. They're better. They're better on defense. The Colts can't stop the run at all, and they were fortunate that Henry got hurt. Both teams are good in the kicking game. I mean, the Colts won last week because of their kicking game. Blocked two punts, had had returns. So I like them both in those situations. But look at the schedule for Tennessee. They play ten, I mean, Texas. They play Tennessee twice, and Tennessee can't cover anybody, right? They can't cover anybody. And so they got there's two more wins there. They play the Browns at home, which is important because we know the Browns are not great on defense. So I like I like the Texans here. I think the Texans are a great story. They have unbelievable confidence. Yeah, I know that losing Tank Dell is a problem in the receiving core. Last week they won without Dallas Schwartz. Dallas uh, Schwartz. So so they didn't have their tight end in the game. And they were still effective. So I I really kind of like what they're doing. And I think it'll carry over. Their defensive front with Greenlaw and with Will Anderson are playing well now. And and with having Stingley back in the secondary really has helped. Yeah, Texans have been fun year one under D'Amico Ryans. And C.J. Stroud is a rookie currently leading the National Football League in passing yards. How about to the NFC South we go? The New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, both five and seven, a division that is garbage. So the back end of the schedule, not particularly <laughs> difficult for either team. But the Tampa Bay Bucks getting a plus money price. Do you think they could end up with more wins than the Saints, especially now that Derek Carr's dealing with an injury or concussion, but well, it's still I mean, brain injury? You know, you're asking me to- 
Well, I mean, I don't know how Carr. This is Carr's third actual concussion. How is he going to play? I don't know. Uh, for me, I don't trust the Saints. They haven't won. I mean, they've been a horrible home team. They haven't covered at home in five games. This goes back to a, this is a record performance by them. You know, the Bucks are not healthy. And for all the conversation that we have about Tampa, their defense has not played very good. They don't stop you in the red zone. And when you look at where they are, they're supposed to be this great run defense, and yet they can't stop the run. So, you know, to me, you're asking me to pick the lesser of two evils. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't, I, I don't love either of them. I probably lean towards the Bucks, But I think because Mayfield, you know, is playing better. I don't think Mayfield's playing great. I think he's playing better. Now, someone said today on Twitter that Mayfield's in line to get $30, $35 million. I mean, if they want to pay Mayfield $35 million, go ahead. I mean, really, seriously, go ahead. You're, you know, a year from now, you'll be complaining. You're not wrong there. I don't think anybody thought that he was going to step in and be like the true heir of Mr. Tom Brady in Tampa. But they are, so they're two and a half point dog this week in Atlanta against the Falcons for that first game. Against Green Bay, after that, Jordan Love has been surging the way that the Packers have played the last three games. Jacksonville, Perhaps you have Trevor Lawrence back at starter, getting a little bit healthier from that standpoint. So that's no gimme. The head-to-head with New Orleans will be important. And then Carolina, I think that we all just kind of lock in as a win at this point for anybody that's playing them. Um, I don't know. I go back and forth with this one. That division is such a, like, a mess. Uh, I think that's the only word I can really use to that division's a mess. I mean, you're celebrating beating the Panthers by three, you know, and, and barely I, I got mean, through that's it. That's the difference between the good and bad. And, and, and you know, it really, I mean, Atlanta went into Tampa and they turned the ball over and they still won the game. And this line's at two and a half at home for Atlanta. Well, we know Atlanta plays pretty well at home. And yet the line doesn't get the three. I mean, that tells you all you need to know, right? I mean, that tells you nobody trusts Atlanta. Nobody trusts Ritter to protect the ball. I keep saying it every week. He does some really good things at times, but he doesn't protect the football. So how do you trust that? How do you trust the two and a half? You know, it's to me, this weekend's betting model, I think you have to really take strong consideration to throwing out all the games with weather out of your handicapping. Because I think it's too hard, right? I think it's way too hard to handicap football games, be on the right side, and then have this huge variable called wind, rain, and Mother Nature to handicap as well. So I thought this morning when I was working on my notes, if you get rid of the Rams, Ravens, you get rid of Detroit, Chicago, you get rid of Indy, Cincy, you get rid of Jacksonville, Cleveland, and Houston Jets, there's still a lot of meat on the bone to to pick the right games because those five are supposedly, and we'll know more about it later mm-hmm. in a week, but they're supposed to be ten mile winds at least, uh, with you know with strong gust and rain. We'll get into those weather games on the other side of this break um, as well. But although I like your perspective of, hey, just avoid them if you can. One more quick one, though, in these head-to-heads. Packers, a minus yeah. 270 favorite against the Vikings to have more wins. You can get 2-1 to one if you think the Vikings can turn things around, and it looks like Dobbs will be the starter for this week. I like, I, I like the Vikings here, and i tell you why. I think if you go back and study what the Vikings have done defensively, since the third game of the season, they've been really good. They've been really good. You can't run the ball on They're very difficult for offenses to play because they do a lot of different things from the same look. They run the zero blitz stuff. They back out of it. They're hard to run the ball on. This is going to be, when you play Minnesota, you have to be very detailed 
in your analysis and your communication offensively. I think that's a problem. I mean, the last two weeks, they've lost two games by three points total. Well, and you had that close of a game despite your quarterback turning the ball over four times. Just imagine you maintain yeah. possession. We'll get into a whole lot more when we return on the Lombardi line. That music's telling me we got to take a timeout, but yeah, more, more weather conversation as well. We'll be right back. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, you know DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting 5 bucks on basketball. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code VSIN, V-S-I-N. That's how you do it. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Rumor on the street is that when Harry Gagnon joins us coming up in hour two, he's got some NBA plays for folks at home to get the best out of that promotion. Yeah, Michael, he's coming in high. He's got (coughs) NFL and NBA today. Man, there's there's nothing he can't like Will Hill. There's nothing they can't cover. It's true. They, they, Michael, you, you were the GM, and I think that that's just rubbing off on them, right? That now they feel, because they're on the show, they have those I, GM capabilities. I barely, yeah, I barely can do football. They can do all <laughs> sports. I mean, Will Hill can go from baseball to basketball, college Will. football. I mean, he spans the globe. I love Will. It's great. Um, okay, so we talked a lot about all the weather games, and we'll get, to, we'll get through each one of those in a moment. But I, what I found interesting, Michael, is that despite all of these weather games that we have and totals on the move ticking down left and right, the game with the lowest total yeah. is actually going to be about 45 degrees, pretty nice out, Thursday night football, the Patriots yeah. and Steelers going head-to-head, the lowest total in 30 years in the regular season of 30 with those two teams. It has nothing to do with weather this game. You would think it yeah. would that it's down to 30. It has everything to do with both teams can't score, right? Yeah. I mean, it has everything to, with every with both teams' offenses. I mean, we talk about New England not being able to score, and the Steelers have scored 36 points in the last three games themselves. Yep. So, I mean, this isn't like, you know, 
they're dominating and the Steelers just had a bad day because Mitchell came in off the bench. No, no, they've had a hard time scoring. Now watch it go flying over. Watch it go to 45 <laughs> and we'll see it. But, you know, I mean, when you go back and watch the game two years ago or last year when Trubisky played at quarterback, it was a 17-14 game. That was 31. So, And the Patriots were a better offensive team at that point. Aguilar was on the team catching the ball. Mac Jones was playing much better. Their offensive line was ex- increasingly better than it is now. So for me, uh, you know, this is why I think the number's going down. But both teams, I think New England more than Pittsburgh, have played better on defense. What's mm-hmm. surprising about Pittsburgh this year, Stormy, is their inability to really get control of the run game. I mean, teams have been able to run the football on Pittsburgh, which is not usually the case against the Pittsburgh defense, right? Usually it's hard to run the football on them. But in the last couple of weeks, I mean, we saw Arizona actually run the ball more than throw it. They ran for 150 yards. They only threw for 132. And think about that. They only threw for 132. And yet they were able to, you know, win the game because the Steelers turned the ball over. So, you know, I, I think that's going to be the key. The Steelers have been – some teams have been able to run the ball. Now, when they lost to Cleveland and Cleveland with, with Dorian Thompson-Robinson, you know, the Browns really couldn't run the ball in that game either. And then the Bengals really don't even try to run the ball. They only ran for 25 yards. So that's where the game is going to come down to. The clock's going to be running, and both teams want to run the ball, which is going to – and both teams can't score, and both teams can't make play. I mean, this is the 29th offense, the Steelers in the red zone – and the Patriots are 31st. So both teams, once they get to the red zone, can't score. Yeah, well, and you talk about the Patriots and their defense being better. I think that's what makes it so frustrating, the offensive ineptitude, because their defense has held opponents to 10 points or fewer these last three games, yet lost all three of them. The According to ESPN Stats and Info, the Chicago Cardinals in 1938 were the last team to accomplish that feat, which is just wow. a brutal brutal comparison um, but obviously coming off a 6 nothing loss to the Chargers the final score in that Steelers game against Arizona 24 to 10 Kenny Pickett had ankle surgery um, so unsure when he's going to be back just a few weeks is the limit here but then also on on offense for the Patriots you're, you're missing your best offensive weapon in Ramondre Stevenson who also has got a high ankle sprain he's going to be out they have a lot of injuries on that list Devontae Parker Juju Smith-Schuster still limited although you know you imagine Juju's going to get up for his former team, but a lot of injuries to keep an eye on. And tomorrow on the show, we'll do a deep dive into Thursday night football and kind of lay out everything that you need to know. Go ahead. You know, it's funny is the Patriots are two and 10. The the viewed as the worst team in football and, and the record says that, which they are, but over this five game losing streak, since losing the buff, since beating Buffalo at home, they've only scored 47 points and they've only given up 76 I mean, they're a play here, a play there from winning those five games. I mean, think about it. You know, the Giant game, they miss a field goal to go to overtime. The Colts game, they they throw an interception in the red zone to win the game. The Washington game, they throw an interception driving down to kick a field goal. You know, so they've had chances. The Miami game, probably the only one they couldn't have won. They've been so close to winning, even though as, as bad as they are, it shows you that they've actually played good defense and kept themselves in the game, you know, when they've played against good teams, and the Saints came in and blew them out, and the Cowboys blew them out. But other than that, it's been nip and tuck all the way through. They just have not been able to make any plays, and that's why they're 2-10, and 10, because the game's always about four or five plays. The Patriots make none of those.
Yeah, we'll see if maybe Bailey Zappi can make a few more this week. Now let's look at some of those games with weather concerns because our wonderful producer today, Caesar, has an awesome wind trend for us. NFL games with 10 or more mile an hour wins at kickoff, 18-5 and 1 to the under this year, going under by an average of 5.5 points per game. These games the last three years, 110-55 and 1 to the under. And we have five games that meet that criteria this weekend. You referenced them in the last segment. The Rams at Baltimore, the Lions at the Chicago Bears, Indy at Cincinnati, Jacksonville at Cleveland, Houston at the New York Jets in MetLife Stadium. All of these totals have ticked down with the exception of Colts and Bengals, which has gone up from 40 to 43. Why do you think that is? Because both defenses are terrible. <laughs> I mean, the Colts Fair. defense is bad. And so is the, the Bengals defense is not good either. I mean, the Bengals can't stop the run, nor can they run the ball. I mean, last week, Jacksonville ran for 71, but they can't stop the run. I mean, they're just run fits haven't been good. They haven't played good defense all year. And this Colt team, which prides itself on being an eight-man front team, being able to stop you from running the football, I mean, they just haven't been able to stop the run. I mean, think about it. They beat Carolina, and they beat Carolina 27-13, to the Colts, right? And it's only because they get two pick six in that game they win. They come back, they beat New England, the pick, the interception in the red zone. They beat Tampa in a back-and-forth game. Mayfield gets hurt, which helped them. Last week, they need two punts and a miss extra point to win the game, right? I mean, you're talking about living living really, really well. That's the Colts. That's how they've been living. And their defense has really what let them down. I think Steichen's done a great job of managing it because he's playing with the backup quarterback. He's playing with somebody that really doesn't make a lot of plays in their passing game, but he's been able to design plays against teams that play a lot of zone, that can't engage a man-to-man, and they've done a great job. Last week was a perfect example. I mean, they make they make some big-time throws. I mean, Minshew made some big-time throws when it mattered most, and, you know, Pierce has played really well for them. I mean, Alex Pierce has played really well. Josh Downs was playing well for him. And Pittman has been like the inside receiver to help them out. Are there any of these games, Michael, that are weather impacted that despite taking as much money as they have to the under, and we're seeing like four to eight point swings down that are still to the point where you want to take an under are still to the point where you think, okay, weather wind is going to play such a role in this game. I cannot talk myself into the over. Is there one that stands out to you or two? Well, I, I think the one that do, I think the one that we talked just talked about that one does because both teams' defenses are not very good. You know, I, I couldn't say that about Cleveland and Jacksonville because if it's really windy, it's coming in there. You got two backup quarterbacks. The coaches have to be very conservative. So you got to think that. Plus, Jacksonville's kicker isn't very good. We haven't talked about that. When you're playing these under, you're you know, it's like these kickers make a big difference in these unders. I, I think that would be the only one. The Jets can't score, so we can't, you know, that, that number's not going to, and with Zach Wilson in the game, that's not going to matter. Yeah, the Jets Chicago, game down Detroit from 38 now, and a half to 33. Go ahead. That Chicago-Detroit could be one, right? Because when you look at Chicago, when they play and win, it really benefits Justin Fields. We know Detroit has a hard time playing against Justin Fields and, and any movement quarterback. We know that. Their defense lacks the team speed, and if you see... What Fields has been able to do, I mean, 
you know, he's he's rushed for 104 yards, 132 yards on 147 yards against this Lions defense when he has started against them. Last game, he rushed for 104, 7.8 yards a carry. So he can get the ball on the ground. But the problem is all this running, does it lead to a lot of points? No, that's the answer. Well, and that's been the biggest knock on Justin Fields throughout his young career, right? Is you can do all of these masterful things. You're one of the most athletic quarterbacks in the National Football League, yet that's not resulting in points and that's not resulting in wins, which is why this team is likely to move off from Justin Fields after this season. But a great point in a wind-impacted game. Bears getting three points in that one total down to 43. We're going to step aside, resetting for hour two on the Lombardi line. When we return, we'll welcome in our friends over at DraftKings Network. Stay with us. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 